This is the Author Archive podcast. I'm David Freeman. In this episode, Irish author Patricia Scanlon talking to me about her book, Francesca's Party, which has been published on numerous occasions. The byline on the cover of the book says, Revenge, God's Gift to Women. And it's about a woman who finds out that her husband is unfaithful and what that leads to and the party that it leads to. And it's written, it's funny, and it's hugely successful. And you wonder if it is funny and successful because Patricia knows what that feels like. I've been dumped, yes. Uh, I knew exactly what Francesca was going through. So I was able to understand her grief and her anger and her rage and her desire for revenge. And then I was able to understand how she put it behind her and let it go and stood on her own two feet and took responsibility for her own emotional welfare. Now, that was a hard question to, uh, to, to start with, but you do write about it. I mean, yes, it's funny, but you do actually feel the pain. So there was this feeling that it was written from the heart. Well, part of the things too about being an author is that people forget that you have to use your imagination. And I'm sure my neighbours think I'm mad because when I'm doing dialogue, I speak it. Um, you do have to write from your heart. You do have to imagine that you are the character. I suppose it does help uh, if you've experienced it. I mean, who'd want to go through heartbreak to write a novel? But it was there, so I was able, I, I remembered what it was like. Uh, but it was good looking at it from a distance. Um, and it was, good for, it was good for Francesca that because I had got through it, I knew she was going to get through it. I was yeah. damn sure she was going to get through it. Francesca, she's got two children? Two children, that's right, yes. two boys. Two boys, okay, one of them is doing quite well. One of them is uh, in, in America, he's um, a banker, and then her younger son was doing exams and he took it very, very hard to find out that his father was a philanderer. And what I liked about Francesca was she didn't, um, she didn't poison him against his dad, she tried to keep the channels open, he just didn't want to talk to him and he had to make that decision for himself. And I think it's a shame for children to get, you know, for parents to poison children against one partner or the other. The book starts, there's this guy, he's just wanting to get to the airport. Um, which airport is he after? He's going to Dublin Airport. Yeah, which just happens to be where you live. In Ireland. Yeah, so you know about it. Oh, I do, yeah. Yeah, okay. And his wife is driving him to the airport? As one does. when. His taxi didn't arrive, so she was roped into driving him. And she, being a good, useful wife, of course she did. And where was he going to? Brussels? He was going to Brussels to a meeting. That's what she was told. But, and, but he does that thing, cause, you know, you're rushing for the aeroplane and you take everything, or you think you're taking everything. He's left his mobile. I mean, the mobile is essential, isn't it? Yeah. And she recognises it. She, she sees it, so she does the decent thing. Well, she knows he's going to need it. And because she is a caring wife, uh, she double parks and runs into the airport to see if she can find him. And she sees his head going down. He's going down an escalator and she follows him. And at the bottom, she sees him kissing a most beautiful blonde woman. And there and then, her whole life is turned upside down. And she's completely shattered. And uh, I mean, as you can imagine, if you find out that your husband to actually see it, to actually see your husband kissing somebody else. Um, and, but it's a changing point in her life. I've, I had difficulty understanding, because this younger woman, was she about 30, 31? In her 30s, yeah. Yeah. And he's what, mid-40s? Yeah. Okay. Is he in astonishingly good shape? No, but he's, I mean, men in mid-40s can be sexy. Um, You're just trying to make me feel better. Not at all. No, no, I mean, some. But he's been going to the gym, hasn't he? He's been, yeah, since he started to see Nicky, he's started to tone up. 
by uh, Calvin Klein underwear and um, he's you worried tell, about the grey hairs on his chest. You can tell if a man's thinking of being unfaithful if he goes and buys underpants. A man told me that. A man told me that. So I have, it, I have it from the horse. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know many men who buy their own underwear, but anyway, seemingly, if you buy, if you're thinking, if I, well, you do, I suppose, if you're going to have an affair and you want to impress someone, you don't want to appear in baggy boxers. Um, so you, you put a bit of thought into your underwear. Okay. Are we talking about underwear, David? It's in your book. <laughs> so it's fair game. Um, what's this guy do for a job? What is he? Uh, he's an investment banker. Uh, in in um, German Irish Bank, and he's he's up there, but there's younger men coming up, and he's worried. Um, I mean, I tried to make Mark. I didn't want him to be black and white. Um, he had his fears. Uh, he felt he was his his um, his youth had passed him. Um, these younger men, hot men, were coming up uh, with knives in his back. Um, he had to watch out for where he was going in his job. Uh, he was in a rush in the marriage. Um, he'd got married too young, basically, and never had time to sow any wild oats. And it, it wasn't really a personal thing against Francesca. It was more his own crisis of identity. And then this younger woman was interested in him. And yeah, and that's what I don't fully understand. Because she's not only interested, I mean, she wants him. She wants to take him on full time. Yeah, but he's, he's kind of the, the strong, silent type. He's the mysterious type. He, he doesn't come on to her the way some of them do at work. And so he's a challenge to her. And she does find him attractive. I mean, they, they you know, have a lot in common. She's a banker as well, so they do have a lot in common. And uh, she's doing very well for herself. And he's very um, admiring of how well she's doing, that she's kind of got her own job, her own career. She's not dependent on a man for everything. Uh, so he can't help comparing her to Francesca. And um, I mean, Nikki has her own needs as well. You think that she's this kind of powerful, uh, young, independent woman, but she's she's needy in her own way. She'd like her, you know, a man and her cuddles and to know there was somebody there. Uh, unfortunately, she falls for Mark. And when Francesca finds them together, um, what she does next is great. I mean, it, it's, it leads you into the book, but she doesn't just creep away. Well, she's so angry. I mean, her rage overwhelms her. So what she does is she goes, um, she goes home and then she decides she's going to, they, they're going to Cork. She follows them to the check-in and finds out that they're going to Cork and she knows exactly where he's taking her because he'd taken her to the same hotel for their wedding anniversary. She only had a room. Nikki gets the suite. And she get, books a flight to Cork and, and follows them and barges in and confronts the pair of them. They nearly die, of course. Um, so she's able to get it off her chest and she deals with it and tells them what she thinks of them, which is very therapeutic. Uh, comes home and then changes the locks to the front door. So he's out on his ear. But Nikki's almost pleased that she's been found because, hey, this man she wants. But of course. It's all solved. It's perfect, yeah, because now he can marry her or he can be with her. Um, he can't play the um, I can't leave Francesca card anymore. And so he can make his choice. Uh, and that's, you know, right through the story. She's waiting for him to make his choice. But Mark feels he's kind of been pushed into this and he's not sure that this is exactly what he wants now that he has it. Um, so there's yeah. an old saying, you know, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, because you, you might just get might it. get it, yeah. Because really, I mean, he's out, 
he's quite up for a mistress, but he's not really up for a new wife, is he? Well, as he goes, as, as the relationship develops, I mean, he has to move out from his lovely home, his garden, his, his sons, um, all kind of his wife's lovely cooking and all the, you know, she puts up with them. They've been together for 20 years uh, and he has to move into this apartment with this young woman, which is quite small. She expects him to do his fair share of the cooking, which he's not used to kind of uh, half and half kind of stuff. So he has to turn to when he comes in from flying in from London from a business meeting to, to go and make a dinner. And this is not him at all. And at one stage he's driving home from the airport and he thinks of Francesca's roast beef and mushy peas and has a longing to go back home. But the title then looms up as, the, as, as, the, as we get through the book, Francesca's Party. Tell me about the party. Well, um, then Francesca decides, first of all, she's saying she's not going to leave her house and her home and, you know, it's as much hers as it is his and she's worked hard for, for uh, where she got to as well. Uh, but she has kind of got her independent streak and she doesn't want to be beholden. And uh, she tells him she wants to sell the house and he nearly has a heart attack because this is not what he wants because he, he knows if the house goes, there's no chance of them getting back together again. Um, but she does sell the house and also, because property prices have risen so high, he's to pay three times the amount that he paid for it, which is really uh, getting to him. And um, Francesca buys her own little place and decides to have a party. And uh, she invites him because she's not holding any grudges. She's over it. She's having a great time now. She's got her own life and she's, she's kind of realised, yes, she can do things. She's discovered in her resources um, that she has a life outside of being a mother and a wife and uh, she's having a ball uh, and then she has a party. And I'm not going to tell you what happens at the party because that'll be the whole book done then and people won't buy it and read it. All right, okay. It was worth the experiment. Just, just let's, it was worth let's the say that Nikki turns up and things do not go to plan. No. <laughs> Nikki is quite fanciful, you know. She's gorgeous. Yeah. Perfect size 10, fit, toned, highly intelligent, fabulous woman. Yeah. There seemed to be two possible happy endings for this, but you came up with a third of the two possible happy endings. Did you know how it was going to finish when you I, started? I actually had no idea. Part of me thought maybe I would um, have Francesca and Mark back together. I really didn't know until quite near the end. And I think it was his attitude about the house um, that you really took a annoyed at me. That yeah, yeah, I did. I took a guinea because um, my sister was reading it recently, and she called out to me. She says, "I hope you, I hope they get back together." And then she read a bit about the house. Uh, kind of, he he goes home and he seduces her, and um, you know he thinks he's safe. He thinks I've done it. He's quite smug about it, and um, you know he's quite shocked when she tells him it was only a shag. Very horrified and. Uh, and he says, but don't you love me? And she says, well, I'm very fond of you. And he's, he's saying, well, fond. I mean, what kind of a wishy word is fond? So, um, no, I decided then after his attitude about the house that he didn't deserve her back. Patricia Scanlon talking to me about her novel, Francesca's Party. I'm David Freeman. This is the Author Archive podcast.